following program is produced and powered by straightradio.com. Hip hop is consists of a few, few elements. You got the rap DJs, the B-boys, the style of dress, and the graffiti. It's so Sonic Biggs with Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Let's Talk Hip Hop, the podcast. And I'm Mr. Biggs, a.k.a. Soul Sonic Biggs, and I got my opponent, Jay, with me, Charlie R-O-C-K in the city. Working on your body, Mr. Biggs. Ooh. And then we got the wine of the week with my man, TK. Yo, 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 what up, what up? We're going to be calling on WD with what's going on in the streets, in these hip-hop streets, and we got a very, very special guest. Who is it, my brother? Who is oh, it? Oh, man, I got my man, the Busy B. Starsky. Oh, man, none other than the legend. Legendary Busy B. Starsky. I'm looking forward to that, Mr. Biggs. Oh, you know, I, I I think I've told you the story about how uh, Busy and I met. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I'm not going to get into it now. We'll probably, hopefully, I'll ask him about it if he remembers it when we get back on, you know, when we actually get him on the line. But uh, it's hilarious. It's it's hilarious. I, I definitely got to, I want to go out and talk to him about that whole Busy, uh, busy B. Kumo D thing, you know. That, yes, yes. That kind of like, you know, that, that was like a straight ambush to me, you know, personally. But I'm going to let him explain. Explain it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, and, and Mr. Big Saber, it's a legendary story. I mean, you know, I, mean, I think everybody knows about this whole thing that went on, what they call a battle with Busy B and Cool Mo D. And, uh, you know, it's, it's to get the real story behind what actually happened, because a lot of times it gets lost in the, in the you know, the lore, you know, what we call apocryphal stories. It couldn't have, it could have happened, it couldn't have happened. So now it's important to get the other side of the story, because all you ever hear was, man, Cool Mo D, this Busy B, blah, 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 blah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I am aware that, you know, it was definitely more of a sneak attack over there in Harlem world. You know, everybody, it's one of those legendary, you know, tapes that, that, that we used to talk about back in the days and everybody and their mama wanted a copy of it. So now we get to hear, hopefully when he comes on, he'll tell us the, the real story behind what happened. Yeah, I know he will, man, because it was crazy, man. I mean, that tape went down probably around the world, man. Absolutely. I think that's really what put tapes on the map, to be honest, as far as hip-hop is concerned. Because that was, I, I still got my copy somewhere. Oh really? Wow! Wow! No, it was in my room. Oh, you got yeah. it. Yeah. You, you stole it, TK. Did you? I did you? Did. did you commandeer the tape? Definitely did. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yo, so, so what's going on, man? How was your week, man? My week was quiet, you know, dealing with this <clears throat> knee problem, man. You know, the last time we were together, I said, Mr. Biggs, I'll see you later. Next thing I knew, I'm hobbling around on crutches and, you know, uh, got a lot of knee problems. That's that's the, the, the price of a wayward youth being an early B-boy on concrete. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm paying the price now as an older gentleman, you know, so that's some of what's going on. But other than that, you know, real mundane life. They tell me, Mr. Biggs, somebody told me, you know, if you stay square, you'll be around a lot longer. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. So so I managed by being a square, I've managed to, to survive a lot of things and stay around a whole lot longer than I might have had I continued, you know, the colorful life that I pursued as a youth. I guess the good Lord made us all squares. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Biggs, the wine connoisseur, the wine connoisseur, the entrepreneur, you know? I might, listen, you know, when Busy B gets on, I might have to give him that one. The wine connoisseur, the entrepreneur, that rhymes, you know. <laughs> he can, you can use that one, Busy B. Busy when you get, you get on here, let them know. Man, you know, politics, man, this whole politics, everything's talking about this reparation, man, and... <sighs> 
Wow. Reparations. It's like, how do they feel like they don't owe us, man? Like, but what gets me mad, you got some brothers that's talking against it, like, we don't need that. Absolutely. That's Absolutely. going that's gonna separate the country more than what yo, then you don't take yours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or give your give yours to me. How exactly. about that? I mean, when you you was forced over here, you know, you robbed them of our name, our culture, you, you, you beat the brothers, you raped our sisters, you hung and fed babies to the alligators, alligators and yeah. shit. And we built this country for free. Pretty much. And now they talking and brought it to the table and you got folks talking about <clears throat> excuse me, separation of a country if we take the revenue. I'm going to take mine. Whatever. I'm going to take mine. I'm Absolutely. sure you're going to take yours. Oh, I'm going to take mine plus. But, you know, <laughs> more importantly, right, and, and, and we're talking about the whole reparations thing for people who may not be familiar with all of this. Uh, it was promised during the Reconstruction era, shortly after the Civil War, that newly freed slaves were going to be promised 40 acres and a mule. If you've heard that terminology, that's where it comes from. Needless to say, we did not get, not only did we not get the 40 acres or a mule, but you had people who started, for example, the Ku Klux Klan, the first actual domestic terrorist organization, and Jim Crow. So people talk about reparations from slavery, and my counterpoint to that is you do not have to give us reparations for slavery. You should give us reparations for everything that happened after the end of Reconstruction all the way into the 1970s. We're talking about in the living memory of us. We were alive, Mr. Biggs, when uh, Mickey Schwerner, Andrew Goodman, James Cheney were murdered trying to just get us to vote. They murdered him and buried him in a dam. We were alive when um, Lemuel Penn was shot in the face. We were alive when Viola Liuzzo was shot just trying to support black people to vote, you know? We were alive for all of that. Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King, I remember vividly when he was murdered. Malcolm X even, you know? And they don't understand that the effects of slavery have reverberated for the next 150 years after the Emancipation Proclamation or even after the 13th and 14th Amendment, okay? Because you continued to create a de facto form of slavery and you still continue to do it now through the prison system by using private prison for profit. Wow. And stocking it. And, and uh, what's, his, what's his name? The old speaker of the house. Uh, Mitch McConnell. Talking about Obama was our representative. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one is the one that really got me angry. Oh yes, man! But, uh, I mean, yeah. that's what they think. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. And, and truth be told, Obama ain't even owe nothing. No, absolutely, you know absolutely. And you know, Mitch McConnell. He's first of all, he's from Kentucky. He's a good old boy. If there ever was one, he wants to talk about. He's a cat who, in the '50s and '60s, was probably one of those people who was voting for the continuation of the various mechanisms that were continuing to suppress us. And Mitch McConnell said, we've already gotten our reparations through, uh, we elected a black president, Barack Obama, and something else he said, uh, the Voting Rights Act. The Voting Rights Act. Or the Civil yeah. Rights Act, Civil, exactly. Yeah. And we're looking at him like, you know. Looking at the TV sideways. Like, absolutely, did absolutely. Did just say that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there were so many things that I would love to say, uh, but I do not wish to be, you know, followed by the FCC or anything like that, Mr. Biggs. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Yeah, but... Um, <laughs> You know, but that is exactly how they feel. And so, of course, you get some black people who buy into this, well, it's time to come together and we're gonna be more, se my man, we are separated already. If you haven't been paying attention, the guy in the White House right now, you know He's what so I call him. Clear to that. Absolutely. He is there as the backlash to us having the first black president. So people haven't been really paying attention. I get white people not being, but black folk 
where you should really be paying attention because it directly impacts you for you to say that, you know? And it's not, if you don't give us the reparations, fine, but do not say that we don't deserve it. And do not be one of those who is a part of us who's gonna fight against it. And why should we get paid something that happened 150 years ago, but the stain, you know, the stain will never go away. Listen, let's let's go even further in history, right? The Japanese, they got this, were paid reparations for being interred in what amounted basically to concentration camps during World War II. And for people who are not familiar with that, Japanese Americans, we're not even talking about Japanese from Japan. We're talking about American citizens, including those who were actually born here, were in placed in internment camps during World War II. They received reparations, yep. okay? They received reparations. You had Civil War veterans on the Confederate side who received government support, okay? We're talking about the crew who rebelled against the government, and they received government funding. Even the owners of slaves, when they let them go, the state, the, the country gave them, the owner of slave, $300 a slave to let them go. Like Exactly. Reparations for lost property. Huh? That don't make sense. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. See, and that's the thing. A lot of people don't know the sordid history. And then, you know, with Reconstruction in the back, every time uh, the African American tries to stand for equality or get some semblance of equality, there was some form of backlash. And the backlash that took place then was the Compromise of 1870, which is where they rescinded uh, Reconstruction. They removed all the federal troops. And that is when they said, oh, you ain't got no protection now. We're going to hammer you now. And that is when Jim Crow began. Jim and, Crow. And, and they kept that in place for the next hundred years. We're talking after slavery. So when people talk about, oh, slavery... Please, I don't have to talk about slavery. I could take any decade in the 20th century. Any decade in the 20th century. You don't believe it. Watch The Birth of a Nation, D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation, okay? It is a cinematic masterpiece, no doubt. It is also one of the most racist pieces of propaganda ever created. The Ku Klux Klan still uses The Birth of a Nation as a recruitment tool to this day. None other than the President of the United States, Woodrow Wilson at the time, it was actually the first movie, full-length feature, to be screened in the White House. And President Woodrow Wilson said publicly, it was like writing history with lightning. And if you've ever seen The Birth of a Nation and how virulently racist and stereotypical it is, and you had the President of the United States, who was also an avowed racist, okay? If you don't know, Woodrow Wilson was responsible for segregating the federal government. Didn't they pull that out the theaters though? They tried. They tried. People like William Monroe Trotter and the NAACP at the time. That's when they were first being formed, the Niagara Movement and everything. Right. And they had a huge amount of protests, but but Birth of a Nation was the first that was crazy. blockbuster. That was one of the first million-dollar selling movies. The, 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 the gross of Birth of a Nation at that time today would equal close to $200 million in today's money. Whoa. That's how saying. We're talking when you went to the movies for five cents. Okay? That's so if you think of, about that. it's a lot of views. That's right. That's, that's a lot right. of hits. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, 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 and let me tell you, I recommend, and people are probably going to say, you know, I'm a big history buff, as you know, Mr. Biggs. Right. And I recommend every African-American man, woman, and especially children see the birth of a nation. Now, I'm not talking about the new one that my man made yeah, that about one. Nat Turner. That's right. another one. Wow. Okay, I'm talking about the original 1915 version by D.W. Griffith. I recommend it because you really need to know what the mindset of America was, not only at that time, but today, because that mindset still exists today. 
That's what's up. Man, we'll be back. We'll be back with my homegirl, Debbie D. With what's going on in these streets. All right. This podcast has been brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp. Legendary Mr. Biggs, a.k.a. So Sonic Biggs, and my man, Shelly Rock. Mr. Biggs, ooh. And right now, we got my girl, Debbie D. Debbie D, what's going on in them streets, baby? <laughs> what's up, Mr. Biggs? You doing it big over there? Yes, yes, y'all. <laughs> hey, Charlie, how you doing? I'm doing outstanding. How about yourself? I am doing wonderful. So, let me just give y'all this. Three things that's hot that's just hot in the streets that kind of want everybody to know about. One, I mentioned to you a couple of weeks ago that Missy Elliott was going to be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Yeah, I remember that. So, yeah, so that came about, and I don't know if a lot of people know, in the midst of that ceremony, Queen Latifah was the one that inducted her. So mm. I thought that was really nice just to see the sisters working together and just paying homage and, and, you know, just kind of bowing down to one another. So that happened. It's official now. Jay-Z was first. Jermaine Dupree was second. And here we have Missy Elliott, who wrote songs for Aaliyah, Beyonce, Whitney Houston, and the list goes on. She is now officially one of the songwriters of the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's Next what's up, good. Her, her, yeah. her catalog is crazy. Yeah, exactly. It really is. Over a long period of time, she's yeah. done a lot. That's Next up, we got our boy Nas. I don't know if you remember when Nas came out with this song, I Know I Can. It was yeah, a song, yeah. really, for kids. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. The background is for Elise. Exactly. Well, guess what? He done turned that song into a whole entire book series. Yeah. Wow. So he's got his own book line out now, simply called I Know I Can. It's basically a whole series that he wrote to really empower the kids and let them know at the end of the day, I know I can be what I want to be. Wow, that's deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think it's great. You know, he's coming into the literary world. We got, we need a whole lot more hip hop artists moving in that vein and just documenting things and encouraging our people and all of that. So shout out to Nas for doing that. The last thing I want to highlight, I don't know, maybe y'all already talked about it, but um, we just got to just basically give a tribute to Elvis Marino. Now y'all probably like who, <laughs> but I think Biggs, you talked about it. That is the one and only Tate Master. Oh, I never knew that was his, I just Elvis him, Marino, okay. I just call him exactly. Tate. Exactly. So, you know, I got to always get the deep. But, you know, Tate Master was basically known for making all of those old school cassette tapes. And there were other couple of people that was out there, but he basically targeted the cold crush. So yeah. when you look at Joe Conzo with the pictures and you look at Tate Master basically going to all the shows and taping them and focus 
Jackson in on the cold crust, those two men are basically one of the reasons why the cold crust have become so popular, and particularly on the hills of Flash and the Funky and the Fantastic and the Soul Sonic. But cold crust got a lot, a lot of images out there and a lot of people got their stuff. And Tate Master was one of the persons that was behind that. And unfortunately, about a week ago, he transitioned and passed away. But I thought it was befitting that we ought to give him a shout out. As a matter of fact, if anybody go to my Twitter page, they'll see a picture of Tate Master walking with the cold crush, going to the boat ride at my uh, um, alumni, uh, what is that, Norman Thomas High School, where the Fly Girls was in Manhattan. Yeah, so he's shout a, out to him, Tate Master. He's to sell his tapes outside of um on the Grand Con- I mean on Fordham Road, uh right in front of Crazy Eddie's. Crazy Eddie's. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. In front of Crazy Eddie's. That was the spot because who wasn't going there to get a box, right? Yeah, crazy yeah. box <laughs> records. I think it's really important for people to understand the contribution of Tate Master because, as you said, the Cold Crush is extremely popular, particularly among pioneers of hip hop, but they never made a record. They made well, they some. did. They didn't make it in the seventies, but they did. Flesh, um, was that fresh? Wild and bold. Yeah, they did yeah, a couple yeah. of things. Okay, I, you know. It wasn't popular. Right, exactly. It wasn't popular. Exactly. That's probably why you don't know, but they did, Charlie. Okay, well, either way, they got mainly known through the tapes of Tape Master. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they didn't get the same exposure as others who were considered recording artists got. You know what Absolutely. I mean? So, yeah. And so then they came a little true. later. I think they kind of came 81 or somewhere, 81, 82. <laughs> I think when I want to say 81, the group came together. <laughs> Some of the Cold Press members, of course, that started earlier, remember um, JDL and JDL, Cass. Huh? JDL, ha, ha. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Kaz was obviously when he was Casanova Fly, and that is actually around 70, late 78, 79, somewhere in that area. Mm -hmm. I would say 78, Mm -hmm. in fact. I think they were called the Notorious Notorious 2. I think that's what it was because I put it on my Instagram page because a lot of people didn't know that they were together. You know, it was a lot of transitions going on. Yeah. But I just want to highlight, as you said, Charlie, that, you know, Tate, Tate Master was a catalyst and really catapulting a lot of careers out there and getting people heard through those tapes. Yeah, that was the medium prior to the advent of recorded rap. Uh, how many people went down the rhythm bin, you know, to Richard T after doing um, shows at the T Connection to get those tapes. L- yep. Listen, we was popping them in OJs, y'all know. Absolutely. You know, just everybody riding around listening to those you tapes. You paid the way. Yeah. Even <laughs> even for a lot of DJs who were using, who became DJs later on and producers, mm-hmm. their beginnings mm-hmm. was working with tapes. For example, uh, Marky exactly. the 45 King. Yes. Who was actually from yes. uptown. Exactly. He, who I heard was really sick. Let me put that out there. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. But yeah. Marky, we used to call Marky when we were growing up, Marky the pause tape king. Mm. And if people, for people who don't know what pause tapes are, it's like when you don't have a mixer mm-hmm. and you want to make a a, 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 a a tape of, let's say, hip hop music blend, or what have you, blend, and blend, blend exactly. Stuff. Yeah, and you you hit the pause tape, and then do your cut, and then you put it back on. And so a lot of early productions, particularly of those tapes that you hear, were the pause tapes, and Marky was a master of creating pause tapes. that's what I was going to say, Charlie, that you really had to have the skill to do that and sell it. Oh, yeah. Mm, oh, yeah. It. yeah. Oh, yeah. He was doing it for a minute. Man. Yeah. He, was, he was good. Yeah, that's how he got popular. And, of course, mm-hmm. as people who may or may not know, he eventually became the engineer with Queen Latifah and you know, the flavor unit. That's right, all she wrote. right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's all she we wrote. want some prayers going up for him. But again, you know, tonight I highlight Nas 
tape master, Elvis Marino, and also Queen Latifah. Anybody want to know any more about it, they can go to my Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at MCWD, the hip-hop matriarch, your first female MC soloist. That's what's up. That's what's up. y'all next week. All right, Deb. Okay. <laughs> Giving you some more deets on hip-hop in the street. Yes, I'll yes, talk y'all. To y'all later. Peace, say right. peace and blessings. Tate yeah. Master, oh, Tate yeah. Master. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, um, a lot of people have talked about those early tapes of the T Connection and everything. I'm actually on a couple. A couple of people's like, "Yo, Charlie Rapper didn't know you." I said, "Yeah, a little something, something back in the day," <laughs> mm. and and mainly because aside from the record, I actually did make a record. I think maybe five people on it, <laughs> something like that, and, and and two of them are by my mother. So there you go. <laughs> but in any event. Um, prior to the advent of recorded rap, that is pretty much how our music got out there. Got around, yeah. Through those tapes. And, and, and they are considered collector's items in gold today because you hear the real raw essence. The popping and everything. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that raw essence before people came, you know, once it got the recording, and you know, I always laughed about this, Biggs. Once it became recording, people weren't MCs no more. They were in group. Recording artist. That was what was on the flyer now. Recording artist. Recording artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, so this is before people I, got, I still got a lot of tapes, too. I got, like, bags really? and shit. I never collected tapes. I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe I was too busy running around and being active, so for me to sit down and listen to tapes. But a lot of friends of mine had all of those tapes. And, again, that's how you heard the music. Even when we were dancing, b-boying, cats had a box. Like what, what? What my man talked about last, last uh, um, in one of our yeah, last man, episodes, Jose, yeah. Jose the boombox, and boom yeah, box. man. And I'm talking about even before that when they had the little joints and yeah, um, the little squares. <laughs> bring to the science class. Exactly. And- I remember being in Evander and things, and just so I never went to Evander, but people swear I got I did because I was always hanging out over there. But that's another story, you know. Very colorful <laughs> life. But um, I remember cats having the tapes in Shaft in Africa, and we would be going off in the hallway, b-boying. You talking about like 1975 now, 76. And, and, and that was it. No, you know the tape, and you were lucky. You got a hot tape, and hope it didn't break. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was it was odd to mess with those tapes too. You had to you know your pencil work. You put your pencil in there, and twist it, and then you had to Absolutely. put the tape on the bottom so you won't uh, accidentally record over. Absolutely. <laughs> and then they got really slick because you know people couldn't always for, afford blank cassettes. Right. But people figured out how to take pre-recorded tapes. They doctored it somewhere. They moved a tab or something. And in doing so, you could tape over the pre-recorded tape. I think you could break that little piece on the bottom. Exactly. Sounds exactly. like surgery. Oh, it was. <laughs> it was. TK, it was, man. Sheesh. You know, there was a whole lot of, you know, technical savvy involved with that. And, and, and I guess that's how people like our producer, Rick Magic, wound up getting into the doggone, you know, industry. Yeah, Probably yeah, running yeah. around with a pause tape someplace. <laughs> I, I, I recall, man, tape popping out, open up the cassette and I <laughs> glue it back together. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Learning how to splice and engineer and the whole yeah. nine. That's right. That's right. With oh, the crazy glue. Man. That's right. With the crazy glue. Yes, sir. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Corp. We'll be right back with Soul Sonic Biggs and Let's Talk Hip Hop. I want to let y'all know this was brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines. And I'm Mr. Biggs from the legendary group, the Soul Sonic Force. And I can honestly say I'm one of the true founders of this billion-dollar industry called hip hop. Through it all, I have been very fortunate to travel the world, enjoy some fine things in life, the finer things in life, that is. 
During that time, I acquired a taste of fine wine. One day while I was relaxing, sipping on a nice glass of wine, I realized that I'm part of a new generation that just started appreciating the presence of fine wine. Yes, the early hip-hop generation is now enjoying fine wine. Millions of people throughout the world who grew up on hip-hop now enjoy the great taste of fine wine. That's that Mr. Big's wine. So when I came up with the idea to create the first wine of hip-hop, Mr. Big's wines, I started off with my wife's favorite, the Moscato. And now we have five flavors that you can choose from. Visit my website at mrbigswines.com to order your bottles today. Everybody over there! Get on up! Everybody right there! Get into it! Everybody right there! Get involved! Everybody just... Sir, yes, sir. Hey, yo, tell I got my man on the line, man. My brother, my man, a legend. Who we got this week? Who we got this week? Who we got this week? Fizzy B. My man. Uh oh, I think I heard him, Mr. Hey, yo, Fizzy, you. Yeah, 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 you. I'm live, all right. You live, man. You live. What's good, Fizzy? Mr. Big. Oh, man. I got my man Charlie Rock with me, Busy. Yo. Charlie Rock, what's happening, man? My man, they looked at me like I had cerebral palsy, man. Yeah, hey, well, I already know who that is right there. I'm Rock all day and all night. How you feel, Rock? I'm beautiful, my brother. How about yourself? Holding on, chilling out, man. That's what's good, man. I'm glad to hear your voice, man. Absolutely, and yours too. Welcome to Soul Sonic Bigs. Let's talk hip hop, brother. Oh, that's what's up, man. Hey, hey, yo, Bigs. I need the one question, man, before we get started, man. Let me hear your definition of hip hop. Peace, love, unity, and having fun. There you go. All right. That In was a good. That's it. All right. You know, I have told people the story about how we first met. Right. And of course, everyone laughs about it. And, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. And to, and to tell the story to our listeners. Charlie, oh, it's funny, Charlie. It's real, and that's why I was some funny shit. It's hilarious. I'll never forget it, man. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? I'll never forget it. Busy B made me bust my pants, and he told me he would. He told me he would, and that was the thing. We we came, this was for, is, is, to tell the story, Mr. Biggs, right? Uh, our brother, dancing, was yeah, I was thing. doing my thing, b-boying back and you then. Split your joint. Exactly. And everybody looking at you like you had cerebral palsy. Exactly. <laughs> That's where that and comes that from. That was the start of the cerebral palsy. Yes, it was. Me and you, right That's there. right. We start of our friendship. We became chum 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 buddies ever since. Absolutely, then. absolutely. And for those in in, in Soul Sonic Bizland, what happened is that Busy B was emceeing for Africa Islam right. and Ed LaRock as they were battling breakout. As Islam felt yep. he had to bring in the secret weapons. So, of course, he yep. says, yo, Charlie Rock, I got Starsky. Now, <laughs> to tell, honestly, I thought when he first said it, I, that he was thinking about Lovebug Starsky, Kevin, who oh, rest in peace. Right. And, of course, right. so when Islam shows up at 123 with Busy B, I looked and I said, yo, is that, that's that stuff? He said, I know I'm not the Starsky you know, but I'll bet you I'll make you bust your pants. And I said, yeah, yeah. right. And danged if he didn't do it. Danged <laughs> if he did not do it and turned the spot out. <laughs> And the rest is history, as they say. Then with you and me. Yep, yep. And I'm talking about fast friendship. Every time we see each other, yo, Starsky, they think I got cerebral palsy, man. And we just start breaking out. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Because everybody's staring at me. And nobody knows about me and Biggs as far as battles, as far as battles. We we, we about the first. Kumo D got the first battle. Absolutely. Negative. Yeah, we about (laughs) the first. We we started all that shit, Biggs. Then, you know, then you don't know about no battles and you wasn't even thinking. You just going by what you heard. Right. The history goes back with me and Biggs with battles. And That's we right. were just doing that because he was with a BAM and 
and we was going back and forth on, in 23, mm-hmm. but we had to break another wall, and that's how we did it. That's actually right. our voices heard, and we snapping and rapping all on the set to each other. That's what yeah. we was doing. There was no animosity or none of that. No. no, not at all. Not at all. It was all in good fun. That's the way it used to yeah. work back in the days. That's the way it yeah, used to work. We used to laugh when they heard it because our voice was being heard over those microphones. You know what I'm saying? We was, we, our voices was heard over a real system. That's right. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, uh, um, to ask a question, tell them about your start because right after that, of course, uh, you became a household name, particularly on the Soundview area, and that's when you started working with the legendary Disco King Mario. Rest Tell us a little peace. bit about that. Right, well, well. see, Mario told me that my voice, he said my voice sounded so, you know, his word is vicious. So, <laughs> and he don't say vicious. Indeed, indeed. He go vicious. So vicious. So vicious. So vicious. That's right. So I, I stuck with that, and he said, yo, you stick with me, and then, you know, I was his little, his little man. I oh, hung yeah. out with him. He took me to Bambada's in Bronx River with Mr. Biggs and Zombu and, and, and the rest of them. And we right. just kept going. And I became an MC doing that. And it was just my voice all over the system because, you know, Mario, he was precise about the system. Oh, absolutely. And, 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 and that was that right there. And, and just hearing my voice over his system, he said it made him have chills. So. I went with that. Hey, right. yo, yo, Biz, let me ask you this. Now, when I first saw you come through the door when I first met you, you was rolling with Hutch? Because I know I always saw y'all together, you and Hutch. No, Yeah, Hutch used to come, but Mario didn't like Hutch. Oh. You know what I'm saying? That was the only reason why Mario never had two MCs, because, like you just said, Big Hutch always was with Yeah, Yeah, because I tell people, like, when he, when they say Starsky, I get it as because I know Hutch, and I know he used right, to always be with Starsky and Hutch. Starsky and, 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 and it Hutch. ain't had nothing to yeah, do exactly. with it. Starsky just was love bug Starsky. Right, exactly. He, he didn't have a Hutch. I had the Hutch. Right. Yes, that's right. And that's, that's why I be correct. telling people through the years, I say, nah, he, he was, his man was Hutch. And, right. you know, from the TV series, Starsky and, and Hutch. Right, and, and that was actually his real fucking name. Yeah, his you last name is Hutchinson or something right. like that. So, you know, Hutch was his name, and but Mario didn't like Hutch. So I don't know what reason it was, but he just, some, for some reason, didn't care for Hutch too much. And Hutch felt it. So he seen how much love Mario was giving me, and then me, I, I didn't know about it as much as it, until it started growing, how much love and attention I was actually getting doing what I was doing. So, you know, he Hutch got with his brother, and they started doing their thing. It wasn't, again, it was no animosity. It was just love. You go over there, be, do that. And that was that. And I became, like you said, I started by myself. Then I was a household word. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, absolutely yeah. true. Hutch wound up actually coming over on our side as right. part of the Soul right. Sonic See, Force. Yep. Right, right. See, but that was my dude. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It, 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 you know, it was like that. It wasn't my fault. And, and, the same. and then, the two, he never really thought about rapping with me. Because he was more like on the DJ side, too. You know okay. what I'm saying? Right. So he was more like the DJ for Mario. For Mario had Nicky D. He had Ron. Yes. He had Desi. He had so many DJs, there was no room for a Hutch. You know what I'm saying? Mm, okay, okay. A lot of people don't know those names. Desi D, Ron, Desi, his brother right, Ronnie. See? Desi and Ronnie oh, Ames. Right. Yes, Desi, yes. Desi, Desi. Cool. Yes, yes. All former, all black spades. Yes, you sir. Know? Right. Yes, sir. All black right. spades. You remember the song, Don't Buck? With the spades. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. You already know the song. (laughs) (laughs) And I was the little guy. I was the little guy in the bunch. Yep. Talking that gangster shit. And listen, listen. (laughs) Hey, yo, a lot of people, a lot of people be coming at you with that Kumo D shit, man, but... 
Kumo D jumped you with that, man, because I know he practiced yeah. a whole lot before he got that together. Yeah, see, Kumo D wouldn't even be Kumo D without me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that, that is very true. So, that put so, him on the map. At the end of the day now, mm-hmm. I, I just say bless him because I'm still doing what I'm doing. I still look prettier. I still look more <laughs> better than he do. And I still rock the house better than he do. So yeah, yeah, Kumo yeah. D should always thank me because I made him who he was. Take that Kumo D out of that treacherous three, and he just treacherous three. He wouldn't even be exist. I mean, I tell you, you don't even hear treacherous three of nothing. They don't even play their old songs. Wow. Right. Wow. And it's interesting you said, because, you know, earlier uh, we were talking to uh, our, our comrade, Debbie D, and she was talking about uh, the passing of Tape Master and the importance of the recorded tapes in the early days of before recorded hip hop. should be somewhere on the island and got all our money and robbed us too. Money, <laughs> all them tapes that should be sitting on Stranded Island eating good. Yes, he should be all over fat and killed himself already. Ate so good. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> but you know that whole thing of the battle with you and Modi, and it wasn't even a battle. As Big said, it was an ambush over there in right. Harlem. It became popular because of the tape getting around. Right. You know what I right. mean? But not only, Tape Master wasn't the first. That was done in Harlem World, and Harlem yeah. World had record everything in the background, right. whether you knew that or not. Yeah. No, you know? So Tape Master, he had to get a tape this time, because <laughs> we did that in Harlem World, and in Harlem World, the system was recording every show anyway. Okay. It wouldn't. Re- it didn't matter who show it was. So they caught that first. Randy was the DJ in yeah, all yeah, the world. Randy, Randy was my man. Day. Another one. God and bless him. Rest in peace. He made a box of money before anybody because he called me and told me he said hey, Busy B. He called me and split. He's the only person now that you said that that I can say split some of that money with me because wow. he was overwhelmed. How many people kept saying they want to buy it? They didn't actually just say they need a tape. They were saying I'll pay for that. So, you know, he was overwhelmed. He said, yo, I, I ain't doing that. With I. And then he knew me, too. And yeah. he knew, you know, we was cool. Because back then, you know, we was doing everything. Absolutely. Smoking weed, smoking, snipping cocaine, smoking dust. We was doing everything. Oh, so yeah. All, all that came into play because he wanted to get money, and he helped me get money, and that was that. Other than that, Tape Master and everybody else had to get a tape from somebody to start making tapes. Very so, true. Like Grandmaster Cass. Tape master and whoever else was selling tapes at that time, whoever had a name or whatever, they was getting money. They got rich off of me and Kumo D. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't care. You know, Kumo D, man, I, I kind of like took that shit some type of way because I was like, I was telling Bam, I said, yo, busy. I saw a motherfucking man like yo, and Bam calm shit down. I ain't going to was getting me happy to them niggas, but <laughs> right, right. They, they, a lot of people was, and and then me too because I didn't understand it like. Why me and what the fuck? But then, as time go on, and then I, I bumped into Cass 40 years later, and Cass actually told me, too, man, they all was jealous, man. I was the man. Yeah, I that's was all it is. So much. I was doing so much. I, I was, you know, so they was happy somebody did something like that to me. They didn't even know Kumo D. So that would made it happy for them to hop aboard because they didn't know him. And then he was talking about me, who I was everybody's man, that nobody was scared to do that or wanted to do that to me. So by him doing it, they glorified him for that. Okay, okay. And, you know, it's one of those legendary stories in the early annals of hip-hop. Again, I tell people all the time, the early days before pre-recorded rap were the really pure days of right. this culture. Because it was about, you know, the ambiance, things that happened. Right. Even that, a negative See, thing which again, happened. I, I say it, if, 
B, take me away from Modi, and he he was over in the nineties. Absolutely, was over. Absolutely, it was over. Absolutely, that's that's true. I mean, that's what really got their name and his name out there. That's, that's very true. That's in my new song. I got a new song. Uh, uh, it's called Sticky Green. Sticky Green. And I mentioned all of my, my whole career in a nutshell, just like when I did with the suicide from the beginning. I talked about when I was a young boy. So now that in a new song, I let them know about the blessings I got in 40 years doing what I was doing. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. A lot of people know. I remember you being on the what's the name of my man? Uh, what he was a, Morton Downey Jr. Oh right. Remember that they recorded yeah. out of the, the out yeah. of Morton Damn, Downey. You remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, man. They yeah, I don't remember everything, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Morton Downey Jr. I was Jr. on the first on the Morton Downey. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. He recorded yep. from the Apollo Theater. And for people yep. who aren't aware of Morton Downey, who was passed many years ago, he was a well. He was really the first who started ambush journalism on the television with the loud mouth and everything. And he's wow. really responsible for what you see now with the talk shows being very controversial and things of that nature. Morton Downey Jr. started that. And Busy right. B went and introduced Morton with the live shows from the Apollo Theater in New York. Yes, you did, brother. Yeah, yeah, I remember. I remember the Apollo because I'm in 1988. That's right. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. 1988. Oh, man, Busy B, he does most of the hosting for uh, the art of rap. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And uh, he be doing his thing, man. I be like, my man Busy, he killed, we was just in Minnesota, man, and he killed that shit, man. That was an awesome show out in Minnesota, wasn't it, big? It was great, man. It was was great, you know. Yeah, yeah, for everybody was was out in Minnesota, man. We had a nice turnout. It was pretty good. I got to see 50 Cent for the first time myself. Actually, you know, I hear about him too. so much. I, I finally got a chance to actually sit down and see him do his thing. He wow. wasn't bad at all. Well, in fact, the last time you and I saw each other was actually at a ra- Art of Rap concert where they introduced us, the first generation B-Boys out in New Jersey. Oh, at the um, Pack? Yeah, yeah, at the right. NJ Pack. Was at it the, the NJ Pack? Coney Island, right? No, uh, NJ, Pack, I- NJ Pack in New Jersey. Oh, okay, now, the Jersey one? yeah. Was it Remember, yes, it was because they had them two oh, little I was girls. Yeah, right. I wasn't part of the thing, right? Right, right. right. But you right. was dead. Yo, you was rocking the crowd. Yes, you were, sir. Right. Yes, you right. were. He was tearing it up. Tearing I it up. That. I remember yeah, that. I was, I, didn't, I was just there. I oh. wasn't included in the deal. Okay, so how'd you wind up up there? <laughs> I mean, because I, I was there. Oh, okay. They let me, you know, they're not gonna let me be there and don't give me no love. Well, they did. They, they they certainly did, and you turned it out. Anytime they do that, I try to mash it, just like you said. That's right. When I'm not on the bill, and they let me get on that mic. I try to tear their ass up, <laughs> let them know why they should have put me on that bill. <laughs> you, you made a mistake. You made a grave error in judgment yeah, not putting me yeah, on. Yeah, that's what I tell them. Absolutely. Hey, yo, busy. I know you did mad shows. You done blessed a whole lot of stages, rocked a whole lot of mics. What what show did you? Think you just killed you know, that you would never forget. I was in Germany, Biggs, Ooh, because Germany. it shocked me. I, I, I thought it was okay when I got there. Right, we got there late, and it was like maybe seven because this place was seventeen, eighteen hundred. It was full to capacity. Right now, my thing was okay. That was full, but then I said, okay, who go on first and who go on? They said nobody. I said, huh? They said, that's just you. And it, I, I, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> I was the only one. And But then I, when I knew that, and, and I had the proper DJ, too, and I ripped their ass a new, uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. I left my name in Stugar. I know that. <laughs> hey, all right, all right. It, it was one of the DJs from out here, or you took somebody with you? No, from here. I took somebody from, from here, you know, with me. Zulu, DJ Zulu. Okay. 
All right. Who was? Who, I'm trying to think. By of, Byron Franklin, you might know him. Byron Franklin. I don't think I know him. I'm not familiar with him. Yeah, he's a big power attorney now, but he was mm. a DJ. Okay, cool, cool, cool. You know, it's interesting the various careers and and pathways people took after. Right. You know, right. After. Some, some people became lawyers, and they and I still they still was kids and and went to school and did. So I said, "Dang, I've been doing this for three long, not too long." Yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. I like. You got to let me use that one, Starsky. Okay. Three let long. Let know it came from Busy B. I, oh, come yeah. on. I, I'm going to tell long, him. Three long, not too I'm long. I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell Y'all him. Y'all been that. doing it too long. I've been doing it three long. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Biggs can say that too. Biggs been saying, he say, I've been doing it three long. Y'all just too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's earned that. He's earned that. <laughs> yeah, we've been doing this shit. You've been doing this shit for a minute, Biggs. Hey, Biggs, I, I want some of that wine. I heard you got the best wine on the, on the planet. Oh, you already know. You already know. Yeah, I heard about you. I see posters and pictures all around. I'm like, wait a minute, I know that guy. I got to get you some wine, man. Yeah, right away. How you doing with that? Oh, man, it's moving, man. It has its moments, man, but it's moving. You That's know what I'm saying? Up, man. It's, it's moving. Wanted I shout it out, man. I'll get a couple bottles and shout it out, take some photos, which I actually did with one bottle I bought out of the store because I said, let me cop this for my man here and shows a little support. I had all my friends buy them for their girl. They like a Moscato. Right. So I made them all buy a bottle for their girl to take home. That's I believe up. it was uh, Valentine's Day in February. There you so, go. Yeah. Right. Shout That's out to up. you with that wine because I know it's out there. I just never got a chance to shout you out. My brother, my brother. Yeah, That's a beautiful it. thing, it's, it's brother. It's doing it, man. It's doing it. That's a beautiful thing. And I mean, you know, it's important that we all support each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause so when we, I saw it, I said, oh, there it is. Everybody yeah. wanted it. We got, I think it was six bottles. Everybody get two apiece. Drink one yourself and get one to your girl. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. I went down. That's your shit. That's your shit. You know, let me ask you before you go, Busy, you got to give me one of them joints, man. You got to give us one of them joint rhymes. You got to give our listeners something. Something rock. Here we go. Yes, yes, y'all. Forty years in the game, I'm still blessed, y'all. They say I'm back, but I ain't never left, y'all. I gotta wonder what I'ma do next, y'all. Hey, it's OG. I'm the busy bee. My blood type is THC, but ain't too many cats here came before me. Cool Modi wouldn't be Modi without me, but that's no diss to cool, y'all, because these days I ain't got nothing to prove, y'all. I'm in Cali, laid out by the pool, y'all, with some backwoods smoking Gorilla Glue, y'all. I'm all smoked out from the right chip, got my chest feeling like a train hit, but I'm the same cat that came in this game with the game the dame. Did you remember? See, y'all. Oh, man. That's my man. That's my That's man. That's my man. Sticky Green. That's the name, Sticky Green. Listen, the legendary busy Peace out, Mr. Biggs, man. My man, four star, four, Soul Sonic Force in the building. Yes, Wake sir. Tally Rock. Yes, Keep sir. Working. The backbone of the microphone from the Boogie Down Bronx is in the building. I got to go. Be good. See ya. All right, my, my man. man. Peace and love. Peace oh, and love. Oh, my goodness. The, the legendary Busy B. Starsky, y'all. Oh, that was good. That was great. That was great. That's my man. It's funny because, man, man, we just be battling, battling. It's going back and going back and forth. And we just have fun, man. And then they throwing that record. Ain't no hassle. <laughs> Gotta was, do it good. good. Yeah. Listen, I remember one time we were hanging out. And, and it's funny because it was right after the big snowstorm. Oh, in 78. Yeah. And we were hanging out. And we were around Lafayette House. And we went to see these girls. And and I know we were in the house, and and they talked kind of square. Remember, you know where they are. Remember the little, two little twins? Right, they used to right, dance. Right, That's right, where we right. went. And so we're in there, 
and, and, and she said something. Oh, that's right. And, 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 and Starsky was out of boy. He's like, we got to get out. He's like, and he's just looking. She's talking something crazy, and Starsky's just going, wonderful, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful. <laughs> and we laughing so hard, man. And, and I remember I had a quarter field on, and I put my quarter field down, and there was a, I looked in the kitchen, and this little mouse, he came, and he peeped out, and he looked one way and then the other, and it looked like he saw me and said, like, oh, and ran back in. And so I'm like, you know, and Starcy, I'm like, you know, you got a mouse in your house? She said, and she's like, yeah, you saw him. He was little, he's little and he's gray and everything. Like she was talking about him like he was a pet. Ooh, and I'm like, that's funny. This mouse was black. <laughs> oh, there's two of them. I said, okay, I got my quarterfield. I shook it out vigorously to make sure no one was hitchhiking. And I said, you know, I'll see you another time. And that's the last time. I, I, I think the next time I was in our house, some other things happened. Her father caught her to it. But that's another hey, story altogether. Yeah, that man. Not gonna do it. <laughs> hey, yo, Charlie, man, we got my man TK. Uh-oh. Yo, TK, what's the wine of the TK week? TK, the connoisseur. Man, I got that wine of the week. That wine of the week is called something called an imperial wine. Now, me and my pops, we just had that wine a couple weeks ago. That's that. It says it's extra dry, but it didn't taste dry at all. No, it wasn't. But it was some good wine. It's a white wine. It's kind of sparkling, like kind of that champagne family. It's, of course, it's from Italy, and then you could eat it with like venison, pasta, seafood, like oh, any type of food you really want. Well, no, no fast food though. But I'm just saying, any type of food you want, you can eat it with. Right. Sipping with a burger. Yeah, Sipping yeah, yeah. with a burger. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, where can we find you, TK? Where you can see, my Twitter is Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. Website is Mr. Biggs and Sons. Instagram, Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. All right. There you go. There you All go. Right. There you go. He said you can't drink Mr. Biggs wine with Big Macs. Nah, nah. nah it ain't going to nah, really nah, work. Nah, not at all. Like, loses the ambiance, as they say. Not at all. <laughs> oh, man. This, oh, this podcast has been brought to you by Mr. Biggs Wines, along with Mr. Biggs and Sons Court. Oh man, Charlie, that was good, man. That yes, sir, it was good. good. It was good to hear from my man Busy B, man. Long history with him and a good brother, good brother, good friend of mine. You know, and uh, listen, he's he's not lying, Mr. Biggs. You've been here three long, three long. That's right. I don't watch anybody come through the door, man. That's right. Anybody come through the door. That's right. Absolutely, we've watched them come and go and come again. That's right. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I, I guess it's that time. Yo, peace and love, man. Until next week, fam. All right. Wait.